0: And
1: I'm Nicole Keating. And
0: I'm Ansel Birch.
1: And it's time to party! Today's episode about
0: Kid in King Arthur's Court was recorded on December 18th, 2022. We are not doctors, we don't give medical advice.
2: Please drink responsibly.
1: Exhausting theater kids. And when we lose our way, we just sing this song and find each other.
3: At least we didn't sing Rent, right? Don't tempt me, Frodo. (laughs)
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
1: Woo!
3: Oh, party people. It's episode
0: three. We are six beers in, along (laughs) with
3: some other (laughs) stuff. It's been. Yes. it's
0: been a long night.
3: Hopefully, uh, this is as entertaining as it seems to us. <laughs>
0: sober me, we'll find out in a few days. Host and post Ansel, good luck. Godspeed.
1: <laughs> I am actually remarkably sober for my usual.
0: Good. Oh, god. Yeah. For my, well, for my usual. A- hey, uh, Ansel, real
1: quick. Check how
3: uh, how much ABV was in that fist miss. It's like I
0: mean, 6. Not 5, much, yeah. It's like right? 6, yeah. Six point five. Nailed it.
1: All right. Thing, nailed it. Uh, or as King Arthur says, nail him. Nail, nail
3: him. him. Right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, that is the movie that we've been covering all month. Uh, a kid in King Arthur's court with Nicole Keating. Yay. That's right. It's me. Yes. A
1: Mario. Uh, uh,
3: already sounds better than Chris Bratt
1: Thank you. I really, really wish they would have cast me. Uh, yeah. Biggest regret of my life. I auditioned. <laughs> I uh, hope
3: everybody
0: had a good Valentine's Day.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: my goodness! It's so romantic. Oh. Just like this movie. This movie is really this romantic. It is really romantic. It's romantic. so romantic.
0: If you're listening to this on release day, go get you that half price chocolate.
1: Yeah, please, please. You deserve it. It's still delicious after Valentine's Day. That's Absolutely. right.
3: Absolutely. That's when I get it. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I was going to make a joke about getting it, but that's. (laughs) It's just escaped me. But anyway, welcome to the third episode of the month, which means it is our edutainment episode. I actually did the hand
1: gesture that time. Do it again? I missed it. Edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot like Pocahontas's. Yeah, Man. kinda you know. Yeah. I, I always impression- thought it was
0: an impression of the star that goes across in the the more you know The
3: more you no. know also. That's true. I I also picture reading Rainbow. You know I
0: mean that as we all should.
1: I mentioned Reading Rainbow to my family, and nobody knew what I was talking about. What? Yeah, including my mother, who (sighs) should have been. Who showed you Reading Rainbow? No, I think I just probably watched it on TV on my own. Oh, wow. National
0: treasure, LeVar Burton. Correct.
1: National treasure. National treasure.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are either of you listening to his podcast?
1: No. What's his podcast? It's
0: called LeVar Burton Reads. And it's just, just reading Rainbow. He just, he it, just no, reads? He just reads short stories.
1: That sounds like I probably should listen to it while I fall asleep. Like it's I should just so like do like like good. that should be like what I do right before I fall asleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so soothing.
3: We have been talking about a kid in King Arthur's Court all month with the lovely The Talented Nicole Keating.
1: Thank you. I'm doing a curtsy in spirit.
3: In spirit. Uh, if you don't know what movie we're talking about. Uh, our good friends at IMDb say a Little League player is sent back into medieval times where he is given the task of saving Camelot. You know, as you do as a child. The huge.
1: My dream.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're riding bikes and going on picnics with your, your gal pal.
1: I still always wanted to be... Kate Winslet, a.k.a. the Black Knight, a.k.a. Spoilers. the truly saves Camelot. Look, we already did
2: we the, did the review. Oh, we right, did that last review. week. We did the review.
1: They will know. And if they don't know, then they didn't fucking watch the movie, in it's which true. case they didn't do their homework. I did my homework You did do time. your homework,
3: correct. Right, and this episode is our edutainment episode, where we like to go on a very shallow dive. Mm-hmm. Of information based on something that we found interesting in the movie, a piece of technology, uh, an actor, uh, (laughs) something, anything.
0: Uh, uh, An excuse to talk about a thing that's on your mind separately. Correct!
3: What are some of the weirdest things we've covered, Ansel? Uh,
0: I mean, horse girls. Horse girls. It was saddles. This
1: is this is rare. this is a horse girl movie. Yeah, that's why it was this top is of mind. <laughs> really, this is really a horse girl. This movie. is
3: such a horse girl movie.
1: I uh, so formative as as a certified horse girl. The horse
0: girl brought the horses to them as well. You don't know it at the time, but, but
1: that's true. But truly, the Correct. horse girl. Ah, uh,
2: <laughs> fully
1: horse girl movie. My entertainment topic, I went through many.
0: Oh, yes. T- tell us <coughs> what you didn't <clears throat> yes, please. Uh,
1: so the first one I really thought of was the CD player.
2: Okay. And yeah. that
1: one was, uh, I I took some uh, some very thorough notes on the CD player until I realized that this was fucking boring as all
2: shit. <laughs> um, for
1: example, they still exist. The first commercial release was in 1982, It was invented by James T. Russell. He invented the basic tech. Blah, blah, blah. CDs, CDs are boring. However. Ooh, power pose. (laughs) (coughs) It's about to get real. Bisexual pose. Bisexual pose. pose. Oh, even (laughs) more real. I am now about to talk talk about something that uh, I feel like Ansel is going to correct me a lot about. Because Uh we talked about this already.
0: I will resist this then. I'm just going to let you go.
1: I'm going to talk about Renaissance Fairs. Oh, oh, fuck. Yes. Love it. No, please. <laughs> you will get Be-
0: no corrections.
1: Because this is a topic that I already know a lot about, obviously, because I've been attending the Renaissance Fair every single year of my life since I was 15. I'm 36 now. So I have been attending the Renaissance Fair for 21 years. The I, I would say 20 years because I... 2020 didn't happen. Yeah, the pandemic year, yeah. 2020 doesn't exist. We all get a free year. But
0: more than half of your life.
1: But more than half of my life, I've been attending the Renaissance Fair. So, uh, and at one point during this movie, I looked at all of this jousting and I said, I love the Renaissance Fair. And of course, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, as someone who has actually participated <laughs> uh, many, many times as yeah. a, a performer in the Renaissance Fair.
3: Both in the modern day and in the
2: original.
0: Yes. I, it, I did it, time travel to the original Renaissance um, yeah, as well as...
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not the original Renaissance Fair. The original right. Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.
0: The original Renaissance Fair was just hippies in the woods.
1: Well, <laughs> and we're going we're to talk yeah. about this. Um, so... There's, it it is, it's very tied with hippies and hippies in the woods. Um, The very first like sort of hints of it were this cultural resurgence of medieval folk music and medieval British British folk music. And uh, there was uh, (coughs) a folk musician and traditionalist. That makes it sound like he's probably very fucking racist. And so, uh, it seems like maybe some of the very early, uh, origins of this are a little uh, problematic. Um, this short sighted. John... Yes, short sighted. For, yeah, sure. That's kind. This John Langstaff. John Langstaff which sounds as about realistic as the names in this movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, did this little thing called A Christmas Mask of Traditional Revels. And so it was this very like folksy little ditty in the middle of New York City. And it just really very nicely dovetailed with this movement within music to go back to like these like very or to combine these very folksy roots of Americana with the rock and roll aesthetic such as the Bob Dylan's that would come along later uh, uh in that decade um and <laughs> in 1963 per wikipedia Los Angeles school teacher Phyllis Patterson held a very small renaissance fair as a class activity now this is very nice that Wikipedia gives her this credit but there is no citation so who knows when the actual first full renaissance fair was but the actual like official one that we can date is the one that you mentioned in the very first episode. Uh, The, you said the initials, so. The
0: the Renaissance Pleasure Fair is what it's called currently.
1: RPFS. Yes. Renaissance Pleasure Fair of Southern California. (laughs) And this was held in the spring of 1966 at the Paramount Ranch. And this is something that's in California, obviously paramount. Mm-hmm. We can deduce what came after uh, one of those very lovely film ranches in Southern California, uh, much like the place where the Manson family lived. Because I have to make that I have to make this series a dark as sure. we have thus far, um, and uh, the only thing is that like. In my research and by my research, I mean scrolling through Wikipedia and I did a little bit of I, I did a little bit of extra research on this Ren fair, there's not a ton of history available on the internet. I feel like so much of this is an oral history mm-hmm. and so much of it is an oral history that people that we all know, uh, probably have as part of their 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 lore and their knowledge, um, and is there anything that you would like to add? Oh, Ansel God. Birch, the indecisionist. I'm just to gonna
0: this? I'm just gonna agree with you there that a lot of it is oral history and a lot of it is oral history that no one can agree on. Uh, so. If there's one thing you should know about Renaissance Fair performers, it's that we are uh, uh, passionate and uh, tend towards cattiness, I think, as a, as a people. Uh, so there's a lot of like, you know, well, OK, if you ask this person about how things went in 1996, they'll tell you what happened from their point of view. But if you ask a different person, it will be like a totally different story. Yes. Like, you, not, not even. Like, I have talked to somebody about. Um, uh, okay, here, at, here locally, uh, we have the Bristol Renaissance Fair, which was originally the King Richard's Fair.
1: Well, and is also like one of the top Renaissance fairs in the yes. country, right?
0: Yes. Voted number one in the country, mostly by Midwesterners. So, so it's there's after some bias
1: uh <laughs> look i think it's fucking fantastic like it's i said i've fair. been going there fair. literally every year uh, so. it's
0: where i started my career um you know it's uh, it's a phenomenal fair it's a fantastic site um the cast is truly incredible um and it is it has changed a lot over the pandemic years it'll be very interesting to see how it goes anyway yeah. all that being said in caveats when it was originally king richard's fair um you know uh, things happened people did stuff and, and eventually King Richard's Fair had to be dissolved to become the Bristol Renaissance Fair. And if you ask two people how that went down, you will get two wildly different stories that feature different protagonists as the, like, main people who did the things that made it happen. So it is, it is phenomenally um, challenging to get a clean idea of, like, what happened in what order to which people to cause what to happen. Um, so, uh, it
1: sounds exactly like the burlesque community. So <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: There's so much tea to spill. Um, there is a, um, documentary that somebody put out recently.
1: Uh, fair people.
0: Uh, oh, no,
1: that's way long ago.
0: The, yeah, there's, uh, it's called fair. I think an American Renaissance,
1: <gasps> uh,
0: uh which is phenomenal because uh, it is, it is a, a, an attempting to document that history. But it means that you now have put onto film one version of this story, which the rest of the community is now going to try to refute immediately.
1: Renaissance fairs are just so... The, the, the history is so rich and the current community is so rich Truly. that I feel like it deserves a little bit of play. When this movie is obviously so much based on the historical anachronism that is the Renaissance Fair.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like the people who wrote this probably were at least attendees at a Renaissance fair. That's probably the extent of the research they did. Um, you know, they, yeah. they they watched a Ren Fair joust and went, "Oh, that's how jousting works. Cool. Uh,
1: I I I wrote this movie when I was seventeen. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so, like, uh, yeah.
0: I I buy that. I buy that. Yeah. Um. So what else did you learn about Renaissance fairs?
1: I mean, there...
0: or did you have questions about Renaissance fairs? <laughs>
1: that's a that's a very good question because. I honestly didn't learn anything more than I knew about Renaissance Fairs. The history is very slim,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, unless I were to go, like, in a super deep dive, like, MySpace style. Sure. Like, I'm going to read someone's old Zanga about their experience at the Renaissance <laughs> Fairs. Which you
0: could absolutely do. I'm um, sure I could. There's a lot of that out there. But look, uh, I love who's this got podcast, that
1: time? but ain't nobody got time for Ain't nobody for that. got time uh, uh,
0: the Southern California fair has moved a few times. Uh, it's now currently at a federal, it's either a federal or a state park, uh, cool. which is very interesting because it means that the, the original fair is a temporary fair. Mm-hmm. They can't leave any of the buildings, uh, mm-hmm. up year round. And that's really one of the things that a lot of fairs kind of like look at as their, that's the goal, right? Is like, eventually you want to be established like virtual, enough yeah. that you have a place and you build the buildings, and the buildings are there all year mm-hmm. round, mm-hmm. like Bristol. Um in Pennsylvania. Like Pennsylvania, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Maryland, yeah. like Ohio, like a lot of the big I've ones. i only,
1: I've been to Bristol, and I went to a very small medieval fair in Quebec, in like a no-name town in Quebec that's just over the border Oh, from that must from have Vermont. been, that
0: must have been great.
1: It was very interesting. I was 14, 15, <laughs> and thought I knew French. Mm-hmm. So very Québécois? interesting.
0: Um, <laughs> but I didn't know the stuff about John Langstaff, so that, that was really interesting.
1: And he's got, and he's got like the, and I just, I, I think it's very interesting that it all came out of this idea of the folk music of this, of, of like, this like, '60s. We're going back to like sort of the roots of like, mm-hmm. like all this acoustic music. There's not all this like other orchestration. It's just one guy with one instrument or one gal with one mm-hmm. instrument. And
3: anyway, here's Wonderwall.
1: Anyway, here's right. Wonderwall.
0: <laughs> uh, well, and it was in in a lot of ways, a response to a lot of the upheaval of the sixties and the, you know, the, the sort of um, free love movement was somehow tied into that. So there was a lot of like Woodstock esque debauchery that happened around the early Renaissance <laughs> fair.
1: And I mean, I don't know. Is this telling too much tales out of school? I feel like there is a Venn diagram of the kink community and the Ren Faire community. Oh. I know this as somebody who has been invited to perform at the Texas kinky Ren Faire. It was like, oh God, what was it called? There's like, there was like some, and this was like at the very end of when I was producing Rude Tutors, the podcast. Um, But we got invited to some like kinky Ren Fair in Texas.
0: That's so cool. And we
1: were like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely perform. And my my co-host was like, I'll definitely get down with the kinky stuff. And I was like, I'm so monogamous. I'm sorry. but (laughs) I'll hang out. I'll look cute. Did you go? No, it ended up not happening. They actually had to cancel the thing for COVID purposes. Yeah. That's too bad. This was like right before COVID.
3: Are they back? Are they up and running? I don't know. I mean,
0: there are two big rent fairs in, in Texas, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like an offshoot of one of those.
1: It's very possible. Yeah. And... I don't know. Maybe we'll get into it again. We have a. She has another idea for a different podcast for us to do. We stopped doing the podcast because she was working on her dissertation. Um, uh, Like you do.
3: Yeah. I I feel like that was a little bit more than a shallow dive. That was good. Yeah, it was a very good. We just all.
1: We just all had a lot of. We have
3: connections. uh, Yeah.
1: Connections, people, opinions.
3: How about you, Ben? Nicole mentioned that uh, she was thinking about doing rollerblades.
1: Oh, you did rollerblades!
3: I thought about doing rollerblades. Okay, all right, all right. I all did right. not do rollerblades. Uh, I thought about doing training wheels.
0: Okay, because his bicycle did have his, a weird yeah, little yeah, training yeah, wheels.
3: Training yeah.
0: His his bicycle with wooden tires, by the way. Which yeah. What that the would fuck suck did he so use much?
3: for the rollerblade tires? Because
0: those were not wood. Those were absolutely just rollerblade wheels. It right.
1: Just, they were just. Stones shined down. It was maybe, like crystals. Maybe they,
0: they looked like plastic to they, me. They uh, did
3: look a little like
1: rollerblade plastic. but
0: maybe they were meant to be stone. That I buy that.
3: Well, my, my third choice, which third I did time's not the charm. go with, oh, okay, fuck. was the Big Mac. Oh, he, I thought about that too. He, he did make it wrong, he decided to make a Big Mac. For Katie. Incorrectly. Incorrectly. First of all, of all the burst make. The Big Mac? Bro, it doesn't even have bacon. Yeah, right. It, clearly they had pigs available. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But what I actually went with was bubblegum. Yay! Uh, oh, cute. Okay, alright. Great, so, great, great, Something I never thought of before, even though it's a no brainer is that there is a difference between chewing gum and bubble gum.
0: Sure. They're
3: two different things, which I I mean, like, yeah, when I say it out loud, it makes sense. But, like, I, I never really considered it. No,
1: like, I, actually, I actually don't know this. I yeah. assumed
0: it was, like, a mild change in formulation. Is it,
3: like, str- hugely different? I mean, the time periods in which they happened are hugely different. Oh, interesting. So, f- chewing gum dates back to the Neolithic period, 5,000-year-old chewing generous. gum
1: oh, okay. made yeah, from I see. Where birch bark going?
3: tar with tooth imprints has been found in Kiriki, Finland. Stuck under a desk. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the tar from which the gums were made is believed to have antiseptic properties and other medical benefits. So that's what they used chewing gum for initially. The Mayans, the Aztecs, and the Greeks all had their own version of chewing gum, which uh, would be for a number of different things. For instance, adhesive. Sure. Yeah. Or a way to maintain oral health.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: But bubblegum, as we know it today, was invented in 1928 by Walter E. Diemer, an accountant for the Fleer Chewing Gum Company in Philadelphia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, snap. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know that you're going to get it through the podcast. <laughs> so I want you to understand the the look of, of pure glee that came over <laughs> Ben's face when he got to say that.
3: Honestly, when I found out, I was like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, fuck yeah.
0: It's got to be this.
3: W.E. Deemer. The Wee Deemer. The Wee Baby Deemer. Was experimenting recipes for new gum base. And he accidentally created dude, bubble stay gum. in your lane. You're an ah. accountant. Right? Why was this dude doing so much extra shit after hours? Well, what he was doing was riffing on a chewing gum recipe created by his boss, Frank Henry Fleer, in 1906. You'll never guess this. What was Bubblegum or- originally called?
1: Um nom 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 nom.
3: Om um, nom nom gum. Extra chewing gum? It was called Blibber Blubber.
1: Flubber. <laughs> blibber. <laughs>
3: Pop dance. Oh,
0: wow.
1: <laughs> it takes a lot to break ansel. It's true. What year he, is was a, first... he is a professional.
0: 1906. It was 1906. Man. And
3: the thing that separated.
1: Took it took a in...
0: long time to invent TV.
1: <laughs> it did. It really did. I'm glad we have TV. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Blibber Blubber, blubber, blubber. was originally uh, a type of chewing gum that ha- that was less sticky and stretched more easily than your readily available chewing gum.
1: Okay.
3: Sure. But Deemer's gum was dubbed Double Bubble. Oh. oh. Double Bubble, Double Trouble. That's
0: the so, one. So, did people start. Blowing bubbles in their blibber blubber and no, okay,
3: not that I not that I've seen. Okay, uh, it wasn't until the double bubble that the bubble blowing really happened because Deemer would teach his salespeople how to blow bubbles so they could better demonstrate the product.
1: And what year was that? Uh,
3: nineteen twenty-eight.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
3: So okay. his testing of the product was he took like five pounds of this bubble gum and took it to local philadelphia (laughs) grocery stores Mm -hmm. and sold out immediately wow to see that yeah people want this shit
1: it must have tasted really good
0: probably did it It probably do you think it was
1: like like the bubble gum i mean it would have been like
0: real sugar and actual fruit and shit so like i bet it was really i bet it was really good um
3: interestingly enough The taste was not something I found much research on, but the color. Oh. The reason why bubblegum is pink is because that was the only food coloring available in the factory at the time when he discovered it. (laughs) And originally it was a dingy gray color. And he Uh. he didn't like that. So he mixed in some red dye and it turned out to be pink. All right. That's an improvement. So, Double Bubble still maintains that that pink pink color color. with the yellow wrapper Mm
2: -hmm. because
3: the yellow wrapper was what he used back then when he sold out. Wow. Cute. So, Double Bubble was actually the only bubblegum company in the country until after World War II. That's when the Topps Company of Brooklyn began wrapping their gum in comics mm-hmm. and calling it bazooka. Ah,
1: uh, yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, and then baseball cards. Right, exactly. Baseball cards and all that stuff started to come with gum after mm-hmm. World War II. Oh, it War did? II. Okay. Yep.
1: Well, it's because
0: Tops was the, the baseball card company See, as well. See,
1: you're talking to me about baseball, which is my least favorite sport. So it's the only thing, thing I know. Covered.
3: Uh, when I was younger, I had Tops basketball cards. Sure. Then. So I remember having some uh, Chicago Bulls cards because back in the nineties, the Chicago Bulls were everybody's The best. Team. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, look at them now, though. <laughs> not great. Uh, Probably but, safer not to. Right. Uh, the last thing, though, was that Deemer was never paid royalties for creating bubble gum. However, he so just
0: did this on his accountant salary.
3: Basically,
1: Jesus, he
3: didn't negotiate some better pay or anything, even though he did go on to like run the company.
2: Oh, well, okay. I'm, cl- I'm
1: glad he did that. So, this is right. not. Yeah, this, the- is, this is not as sad as the no, rest no, no, of no. Yeah. these episodes about getting Gig board, <laughs> where we got really depressing. Right. This
0: is, this and is then a he li- died.
1: This has a little bit of a happy ending. <laughs> a little bit. Poisoning. Well, everybody eventually dies, but a bubble gum of bubblegum poisoning. Of bubblegum <laughs>
3: poisoning. <laughs> Turns it's out cavities. Re-
1: yeah, Oof.
3: No, but yes, he, he did uh, end his career on a high note uh, with the the Fleer company. But um, be, even though he didn't receive any royalties from his creation, he received hundreds of letters from children Aww. thanking him for bubble gum, Aww. according to his wife.
1: And like Willy Wonka.
3: Never Although he rarely chewed it himself. <clears throat> he would invite Great. groups of children to the house and tell them about the invention and preside over bubble-blowing contests.
1: This sounds creepy.
3: I was going to say, you
1: lost I me at the so beginning. I too.
3: But, you know, he was incredibly proud, and he would say, I've done something with my life. I've made kids around the world happy. Uh, he died at Aww. the age of 93. Oh. oh, okay. So he
0: won at life. Eight 19... He beat the game. Yeah. Ninety-eight
3: was when he died.
1: Oh, A plus. Good for you. Yeah, that's yep.
3: a good year. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, <gasps> which is near—was he Amish?
1: Philadelphia,
3: which is near the Pennsylvania
1: Renaissance Fair.
3: <gasps> yes. <gasps> <gasps> Bandwidth tying it all, all the way, way around. Oh uh-huh.
1: wow, Benjamin. Benjamin! That's a. That's masterwork. A, that's a you, can masterful, work. Masterful, you can tell that I had numerous
3: beers Masterwork. During this. <laughs>
1: but you can also tell you that you did your you, research. Yes. Y- you've been doing this podcast you since did your the homework. beginning. I tried. <laughs>
3: that, that was something. You have
0: to. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You, okay. You learn something? I did. I did. Something I, I didn't think I so needed to many know.
1: things today. <laughs> I'm gum. so happy about this. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I
0: just. I. I'm just blown away by the concept of, like, inventing the thing and somehow coming to the conclusion of the bubble blowing. Like, that seems like such a huge intuitive leap for me.
2: Right?
1: Yeah. Like, how do you get to, like...
0: I mean, I guess people pop their gum, right? Like, that's a oh, thing people I, do. I
1: love to do it.
0: So maybe, like, that was the origin, was, like, people were already doing this. He and was th- just
3: chewing it, and he saw and how, he how elastic it was. just kept...
0: Sorry, Chicago reference. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so maybe he was a gum lip popper. Shirts. Lip, sh- yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, and then and then he was like, uh, and you said that their their gum, her, the, his boss's gum was special for being more elastic.
3: Right, but it wasn't quite as it wasn't uh, bubbly. yeah. Right, exactly.
0: But like, why would why would more elastic or stretchy? Why would more stretchy be a selling point? Unless you're already popping your gum.
1: Exactly. exactly. So this is
0: already a behavior that's in the zeitgeist. Okay, I figured it out. I think
1: think it's just that everybody from the beginning of time, like, we all are crazy. We all have oral fixations. Mm -hmm. And so there are people who just want to, like, chew the gum, myself included. And then just, like, like the bubbles is just, like, like, blowing the bubbles is just something that is, if it's available to you and if you figure it out, Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, this is fun. The this thing works. that
3: blew my mind the most was that chewing gum and bubble gum are separate.
1: That did that. That is a very. I
3: didn't even think about it ever, and like I const—I I mean, not constantly, but usually when I get gum, it's Orbit. You mm-hmm. know, and Orbit is not a bubble gum. No, it's a chewing all. gum. Yeah, and I—it never occurred to me to separate them. You know, like uh, like those fruit stripes.
1: Oh, I love fruit stripes. Are, are, are oh, that chewing gum? Zebra. Yeah,
3: they're chewing gum, not bubble gum. Yeah, you don't see people blowing bubbles with, uh, fruit, with fruit stripes. stripes. But yeah.
1: I tried. I tried. oh for sure I shoved so many flavors in my mouth. You can remember tell. when you could
3: get that like
0: forty pack of fruit stripes or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. It's like the
1: rainbow the oh yeah
0: uh, like it's just a wad of gum and a wad of potential sticky leftovers I still do
1: that uh, I was at my friend's office the other day and they make a double bubble like the super bubble like full like this is just like a little bit of bubble gum I took like eight of those and was like Hell Hell yeah. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and then my jaw gets sore uh, when I was in early high school somebody told me that if you chewed a lot of gum, you get better at blowjobs. And so I hmm. tried to chew a lot of gum.
0: I'm I'm proud of your tenacity on that.
1: Thank you. I think the conclusion of this episode is that sometimes I'm a slut. <laughs> Not this specific episode. This specific. The arc. Arc. My. The, the three my, act my, structure of this. My town. four episode arc.
0: This has been a great conversation. Where could people get in on that conversation?
3: You can find us on the internet. I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram, Twitter, Hive, Letterboxd, Carrier Pigeon.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. They know where to find him.
1: Pigeons are very talented. Uh, And... I mean, outside of Pigeons, I didn't understand any of the social media platforms that you said outside of the major ones. I am Nicole Keating, and I am at the Fake Geek Girl on every platform that is the Fake Geek Girl spelled like it sounds, except the I in girl is a number one because I'm number one. When? The first one. Mela means money. I'm number one. Nice.
0: I am at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longid of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. Show notes and transcripts of today's episode are available at indecisionist.com slash time to party. That's time, the number two party.
3: You can join the conversation by using the hashtag. Time to party. That is time. The number two party,
0: as well as time. The number two party, all spelled out.
3: Who we did it, folks.
0: We did it. We made it. We
1: made it. Are at the end. We, we
3: went through King Arthur's courts. We've been down the slipping slide of doom. We went back to Reseda. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're back in Chicago. Oh. Better or worse.
1: I would rather be in Chicago than Reseda.
3: I would absolutely
1: and not. Absolutely. Re- really? Yeah. You'd Rosita's rather be in fucking Reseda? He's yeah. about to
0: go back there.
3: I mean, not close Rosita, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, I guess.
3: God, I'm so sick of the winter. <laughs> I'm I mean, over I know, it.
1: But it's only if I can live in the trendiest neighborhood of Los Angeles. What is the trendiest neighborhood of Los Angeles? I've never been there. I mean, it's actually
0: outside of Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> is it what
2: is
0: oh, it no yeah.
1: i How? mean silver
3: lake is pretty lake? trendy Okay. are you kidding silver lake is so trendy oh. do you not like silver lake i do not like so silver- of course you don't <laughs> it was- because it's not historically accurate to your time period
0: yeah that's exactly it
3: no i <laughs> silver lake is, is a bit bougie for sure uh i mean santa monica was nice but now it's it's overpriced and mm-hmm. uh impossible to live in under my budget I can't believe I, I afforded like to live there before.
1: I I've heard West Hollywood is trendy. Sure. Or is that like Wicker Park? Um,
3: younger. Uh, I, I think old. West Hollywood is a little younger than Wicker Park. Um, but I I feel like uh the area where I'm looking to settle is Burbank, and I feel like uh, that yeah, is a little yeah, bit yeah. closer to Wicker Park. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because uh I I. I would love to move to SoCal, but I don't want to do it before I'm part of SAG. Do it. Not before I'm part of SAG. Do it and then become part of SAG. No, 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 no. Reverse. It's so hard. To... No, no. Yeah. Reverse. I'm becoming no, I mean, part of fair. SAG yes. before I move to fair LA. Fair enough. Yeah. Get Plenty your, of get opportunities your in Chicago. Now, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, my dream within the next like two years is to get killed by Leonardo DiCaprio In the Devil in the White City adaptation. Fair enough. Because I assume he's going to be the H.H. Holmes. Has to be. Who
3: else
0: would
1: be? Perfect.
3: Well, uh, we've come to the end of this month. Hopefully, you've enjoyed our conversations about a kid in King Arthur's court. Uh, Hopefully, you learned something, maybe, possibly. Uh, If not,
1: that's on you. That's on you.
3: We We covered a lot of stuff. And you should
1: just, like, while watching this movie, you really will Google a million things.
3: That's true. Yeah, like, uh, oh, Daniel Craig was in this. What are the rules of jousting?
1: (laughs) And when did bell sleeves be invented?
3: (laughs) What's the deal with rollerblades? Anyway. Wooden wheels on a bicycle? Wouldn't that just shake your pelvis apart? I'm sure Lord Blasco had his pelvis broken when...
1: Only know him as Lord Elastic.
3: <laughs> I mean he got kicked right into the Yeah when, <laughs> when his
0: business got kicked all the way up into his abdomen. Uh, I'm
3: surprised that uh that Calvin wasn't kicking more dicks. <laughs> that did seem to be his successful move. Absolutely. I really yeah. thought they were set. Anyway, but get Party people while you're kicking dicks. Be excellent to each other.
1: And party on dudes.
2: This song's been running through my head all week In my head In In my my head head. Zombie, zombie, zombie Zombie. Zombie. (laughs) (laughs) You know she died while she was making that